and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katya, I'm your host, and today with me is Ken from Manila, Philippines. And, and Maria from Russia. Guys, you know, we're doing our best to be as useful to you as possible. And you know what we'd like to get? Some feedback about it. Subscribe to our pages on Apple, Yandex, Google, VK, basically any platform where you listen to our podcast. Give us stars, leave us comments, review our podcast. And you know what? Feel free to send your ideas about our next episodes. It won't take much time or effort, right? But it'll, it'll help us a lot to become even better. The sky's the limit, right? So, and Ken Marie and I are going to discuss a very serious topic today, which is stress and mental disorders and difficulties of living in the 21st century. But before we do, I would like to have a little bit of a disclaimer. So we are going to share our experiences. Whatever we say today is going to be our subjective thoughts. So in no way do we agitate you to do something or, you know, tell you what you have to do. So this is just our personal experience and our personal thoughts. So Ken, Marsha, on a scale from one to 10, how stressed is your life? I'll start with this. Well, <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> it, it's hard to rank it. I, I, I don't think that I'm prepared to do this right away, but maybe it depends. It depends on the period. It depends on maybe even the season. So right now it is pretty stressed, like maybe six. <laughs> oh, six out of 10. Wow. So, Ken, what about... Uh, well, sorry. I don't know. Just what is 10? So maybe we need to, like, Clarify, <laughs> distinguish. Yeah. Okay. So how would you expect uh, 10 out of 10 stress to feel? Like when you can't cope yourself and you need to go to a professional. Maybe. Okay. So... I agree with that. So when you cannot really cope with your daily routine maybe you cannot focus on your work but all you can think about is how stressful you are yeah, okay so that would be 10 so yours is six out of 10 that's still pretty close i, I don't know <laughs> all right i'm but, bad at numbers yeah <laughs> all right you know what um i'm still on holiday right now so i don't know like i don't feel any stress at all at least at the moment so i don't know how to answer your question but I guess uh, all I'm going to say is that um, I feel good right now. Mm -hmm. I'm still on my holidays. So <laughs> and oh, there's nothing fantastic. to worry much about, at least at the moment. So, dear listeners, do you see right now how much Ken loves you and appreciates you that he's here on his holiday <laughs> recording the podcast? That's commitment. That's so sweet. <laughs> all right. So, and do you think that in general, our lives today are more stressful than... Than they used well than it used to be, let's say fifty years ago, thirty years ago. So, what do you think? You know, that's a really an interesting question because you would think that today, with the advancement of technology, that lives would be much better and much easier. Mm -hmm. But ironically, more and more people are becoming more stressed. Uh, this is because life has become more fast uh, mm -hmm. paced. And with that, there are more d demands. And I would say that the standards have become higher. Um, there are more activities now that people can do. And uh, unfortunately for a lot of us, we tend to do a lot of things in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And for the rest, or I would say, you know, the others, they love cramming. Uh, by cramming, I mean doing things at the last minute. 
Mm-hmm. And so, of course, if you do that, then of course uh, you would feel stress naturally. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess uh, I I know that um, it's really ironic to say this, but I totally agree that I believe life today has become even more stressful than fifty or even sixty whatever years ago. Mm-hmm. Masha, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree, and <clears throat> it's not only because of technology, but mainly because of it, and also so we uh, switch between the tasks very in a very intense way like mm-hmm. all the time and also uh now we have this uh high competition i mean oh God, we yes. need to stand out professionally like as a person and so we, we need to show that we are better a better version of ourselves like mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and yeah because lots of people uh seem to stand out Do you remember when we last met, we talked about social networks Absolutely. and how <laughs> it, it puts so much pressure on you that nowadays it has become so much more difficult, as you said, to stand out. And there's so much pressure from everywhere. You know, whatever you do, wherever you look, there's always, you need to do this, you need to be that, yeah. you need to be that. You know, I feel like if we if we talk about what, 50, 30 years ago, so let's say the 1990s, the 1980s, I feel like at that time people did not have that much pressure. So you had a house, let's say a family, you have a job. Okay, good. You're all mm-hmm. good. But now how good are you at your job? So let's let let you know people people judge the looks, people judge everything, and you feel this constant pressure. Yeah, you need to be You need to perform well in every sphere of your life. And you know what? Speaking uh, of which, uh, since you brought up the topic of social networks, again, now we are more exposed to a lot of platforms and mm-hmm. therefore we can see the lives of other people more now than before. Because, well, unlike in the past when people didn't used to have, you know, social networks, mm-hmm. they didn't have a way to compare themselves. Well, they could still compare themselves with, you know, the immediate environment, with the, you know, within the circle of their mm-hmm. family, friends, uh, work. But... Now you can really see the world and even individual people that you don't know personally mm-hmm. because of social networks. And unfortunately for a lot of us, I would say that we tend to compare ourselves and therefore it increases the pressure. Mm-hmm. And of course, with pressure comes stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we unanimously agree that life today tends to be more stressful. So, but what, so pressure from the society, what other things cause stress in our modern fast-paced world? This necessity to switch <clears throat> between lots of tasks mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the rhythm of life is faster now due to the development of technology and we mm, drive cars and mm-hmm. we live in big cities and that's mm-hmm. the thing. And uh, in addition to that, I think the higher demands right now, say for example, if we talk about education, uh, I believe that in the past, subjects were not as many as we have right now if we talk about for example school children yeah mm-hmm. so um there are newer subjects that are added in the curriculum and therefore you know it creates um more pressure to the students to study even more because this time around there are more subjects to learn mm-hmm. so the higher you know standards that we set upon ourselves yes. Yeah, I can say um, that I I believe that children, even children and uh, students, you know, they are more stressed today, not only because there are more subjects, let's be fair, there were were always, you know, quite a lot of subjects at school, but also because they are given this idea that you have exams and if you fail, that's it, that's the end of your life. 
you fail your exam, you fail your career, you won't be able to achieve anything. And that's too much. Whereas I think, well, judging from what I heard, that earlier there were still some, you know, exams at the end of your school period, but uh, you always had some, you know, chances. Okay, you don't pass them well enough. There are always opportunities for you. So, and more jobs were respected back then that are not respected now. So wait, Masha, you have um, you have a son who's uh, school age. Mm-hmm. So, do you see uh, or do you think that he's stressed about his studies, about school? Well, uh, sometimes I think that he is, but <clears throat> I try to uh, make it like better for him uh, just by explaining that marks are not everything, and maybe I. <laughs> did too much <laughs> now he uh, really he doesn't really appreciate school marks he realized that it's not the end of the world so he doesn't basically care uh, so now I need to do the opposite thing <laughs> maybe oh and, my goodness the hardship of being a parent oh yeah oh my goodness and <laughs> no, just, not so hard but <laughs> and I just want to add you know it goes beyond the classroom because nowadays um, children are you know, sometimes forced by their parents, not just to learn the subjects, uh, uh, of course, at school, mm-hmm. but also to do some extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they ought to go to a dance class. They have to learn English, for example, mm-hmm. to, to go to some language schools. So a lot of these outside, I mean, out of the classroom um, activities that, you know, some parents pressure their children to do, mm-hmm. that adds to the stress. That's so, so true. And I remember Remember, when I was a schoolgirl, uh, not everyone in um, my class uh, had some extracurricular activities, like maybe five people mm-hmm. went to music school or art school, but not everybody. Now, everybody has something. And uh, uh, two, three, as you said, yeah, extracurricular activities, and which makes <clears throat> parents feel stressed. Mm-hmm. If their child doesn't go anywhere after school... You know, I would like to share the, uh, well, an experience from the other side of the story. So uh, several years ago, I was working at a secondary school. So I was teaching, uh, well, basically almost every age from the fourth graders to the 11th graders. And the thing is that the authorities of the school, they asked me, how many children in your class have and attend some extracurricular classes? And um, usually that was like, well, 10 out of 25. And they said, no, 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 that's not enough. Yeah, You should make the parents to sign their children up for something. You should make them attend some classes or something. Wow. So there, there was some kind of a, I do not know, not a limit, but a number that I had to have. So, and, uh, well, and I felt so much pressure, you know, from that. So I had to talk to parents and say, you know, why don't you consider you know, piano classes or mm-hmm. dance classes. But I, at the same time, I felt like I was lying to them because if I know that a child doesn't want to, they just want to enjoy their childhood, basically. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So our class teacher asks us every time, like, which extracurricular things your children attend and we make a list and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's too much, too much. So, and um, why... Is stress dangerous? Like we can't deny that we all have stress in our lives, but is it is it actually dangerous? Why is it dangerous? 
you know, okay. Uh, firstly, um, in my opinion, there are there's such a thing as good stress, and the mm-hmm. other one that's toxic. Mm-hmm. Good stress is okay because um, it helps you perform better because it, you know, it's like a kind of a pressure for you to perform well. But it's a good kind of stress. But can you give an example? What can be good stress? Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> um, like some kind of challenge that you set for yourself. Yeah. I, Uh, um, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> There's nothing in particular that's coming up in my mind, but mm-hmm. I know there is good stress. Um, so what if, for example, you, um, well, I would, the thing that comes to my mind, maybe that would be an example of a good stress. So you have a wedding day. Are you stressed? Hell yeah, you're stressed. You're getting married. <laughs> but, but that's a good, a good feeling. That's a because good you're feeling. you're excited. Yes. So maybe these events, important events, graduating from school, is it scary? Yes, because you have, you know, a whole new world ahead of you. But is it good stress? Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. But if you stress too much before the event, then you can't enjoy the event itself. Well, yeah, that's, depending that's, on <laughs> how much, you know, uh, worrying you have. <laughs> And then on the other hand, you have the, the toxic kind of stress. This mm-hmm. is when, you know, it affects your health, your mm-hmm. mental health, especially mm-hmm. because you don't perform well anymore and you feel a bit more detached with what you're doing or with the people around you. There's a change in behavior. Mm-hmm. You are no longer as cheerful as before. You become more irritable. So Absolutely. yeah, that one is a very negative kind of stress. Oh yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, in what other ways can stress be dangerous? Can we actually die from stress? Well, I don't know if we can die because of stress, but if we are too exhausted, Mm -hmm. like maybe stress can lead to maybe malnutrition or something Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. some, it can cause some other mental disorders, I guess, if you don't ask for help or if you don't help yourself, if you don't sort things out. I would say that um, you would die indirectly from stress, from the Mm -hmm. accumulation Mm -hmm. of all the effects of stress. Yeah, so, well, that means that we can say, yes, you can, if you take, you know, if you ignore it for for long enough. Yeah. And what surprised me is that... um, You know, I'm quite interested in the topic of stress as someone who has gone through an extremely stressful period. I mean, 2020 was stressful enough for all of us, but at some point that was extra stressful for my family. And I started to read on the topic. I started to listen on the topic. And I was surprised to see that more than half of all diseases that people come to a doctor with are stress related, not directly, maybe, but indirectly. And I would like to share some info that um, it might be surprising to some of our listeners and to you, it might be not. But so stress can, uh, you know, can lead to such diseases as obesity, which happened to me in 2014. So because, you know, when you are stressed, you have high levels of uh, cortisol, which is the hormone of stress. And that, uh, you know, increases the amount of fat which is stored in the abdomen. So, which is, you know, the most dangerous uh, type of fat. So people mm-hmm. start to gain weight that can lead to obesity. And then obesity in turn can lead to more uh, problems with health in general. You know what? I don't want to take light uh, of this topic because uh, I, <clears throat> I know that it's uh, somewhat sensitive. But, you know, uh, somehow as a person who is very skinny, <laughs> mm-hmm. by the way, that's me for those uh, of you who... 
haven't seen me yet. But anyway, my point is sometimes I get jealous with other people who gain weight <gasps> when they are ve- uh, when they experience uh, stress because it's like how come I don't gain weight whenever I feel very stressed sometimes for long periods uh, of time. But I'm still very skinny. I think you, you're <laughs> on the I other side. Weight? You know, you are among those people who actually lose weight yeah, when they yeah, are stressed. No. Am I jealous? <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but yeah. So, and um, I was surprised to see that even colds and fevers and flu, well, not flu, but colds, simple colds can be caused by stress because stress mm. in general tends to weaken our immune system and that right. makes us, you know, susceptible and prone to different diseases. So in the list as well, we have um, cardiovascular diseases, you know, heart attacks. Right. And the one that I liked least of all is... Premature aging. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there has been um, some evidence the stress can actually, you know, affect how you age. Oh, my goodness. I, I can tell. I mean, not for <laughs> myself personally, but, you know, so you- <laughs> I've seen some friends who have aged and mm-hmm. I know for a fact that it's because of stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of so- course, for example, gray hair appear. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Ah, deep sigh. Yeah, so there's there's been a study um, that compared the DNA of mothers who had, um, well, who were under high stress because they were uh, caring for a chronically ill child with those who were not. So, and researchers found that um, a particular region of the chromosomes showed the effect of accelerated aging and sometimes the... uh, the aging accelerated about nine to 17 additional years. Wow. So, which is, you know, and which is why I guess um, people, you know, those areas in the world where people live longer, you know, there are more centenarians. They usually, you know, those relaxed areas. Yeah, laid back. Yeah. Very laid easy. back. So it seems to be a good idea to become a person like that. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. So, and how do you de-stress then? So, what do you do to avoid stress, to deal with stress? So, what's what's your way? You know what? Uh, for me, it's uh, a mental battle because in a way, you have to know how to approach stress. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, what I do is that I do a bit of a self-talk, like to decide, is this worth the stress? Mm-hmm. I mean, should I be worried too much about this? You have to choose your battles. You cannot just be overwhelmed with with everything that comes your way, be Mm -hmm. it in your personal relationship or at work. Um, You have to, you know, examine the situation. It's like, is this really as big as I think it is? Or maybe Mm -hmm. it's small, but I'm just magnifying it. Because, you know, there is this tendency uh, of some people when they see something and they see it from a different angle such mm-hmm. that it looks too big for them, if you know what I mean. So it's all a matter of perspective. And for me, in my case, I am still in the process of working my mm-hmm. way through any kind of stress and to always um, remind myself, like, look at it from another angle. Maybe you're just seeing it. Um, <laughs> way too much than mm-hmm. what it truly is. So you, that's my way. Mm-hmm. You have a very reasonable 
you know, personality than because I want to live longer and I want to live. I want to live a happy life. I, I cannot just put myself into stressful situations. Well, yeah, just, that makes sense. Yeah, really, I, you know, I'm so sorry for being talkative, but oh no, that's what we're here for. <laughs> but really, that's what I always tell myself. I want to live a happy life. Mm-hmm. I want to get rid of stress, and uh, one way to approach that is to have. Um, a clear mind and to see things again with with a clear mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that it might take um, a lot of work to get right. to that point, but definitely worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. Maria, what about you? What do you do to de-stress? I would say that uh, probably I do the same as Ken has mentioned. Uh, like I try to rationalize my fears or my concerns, and uh, maybe. Um, think about the worst consequences of mm-hmm. this what might happen if and then try to calm myself down by yeah thinking because well I tend to overthink I know it but sometimes it helps yeah don't we all from time to time <laughs> that's actually what you guys have mentioned this is one of the exercises um, that psychologists offer so and I remember through um Well, over some time when I had sessions with a therapist, she was like, so why don't you like, let's say this or this? So what are you afraid of? And I said something and she said, okay, so if that happens, what's what, what what's so bad about it? So what's the worst right. thing that can happen? I said, well, A can happen. She said, okay, so A happens. The worst thing, what's then? What's the worst thing that can, can come out of this A? I said, well, B can come out of A. She's like, okay, so what's the worst thing then? And then when you start to think about it, like, okay, the worst thing happens. So you start to realize that sometimes it's not as big as you pictured it. So you can still Absolutely. get through it. Well, should you have some instruments yeah, too? Yeah. But, well, it takes time. It and does. it takes uh, this rational, logical approach. And sometimes maybe you need a person who can help mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. who can walk you through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily like a therapist, maybe a coach or just a friend who understands what friend, what kind partner, of crazy right. person Relative. you are. Yes, <laughs> yes, somebody. Sometimes at the end of the day, you just need to talk to somebody to de-stress mm-hmm. because sometimes mm-hmm. we feel like we have so much burden in our heart Mm-hmm. in our minds that we just have to get rid of them and one way of doing that is to mm-hmm. you know share it with somebody like talk it over and you can even ask for some advice so mm-hmm. yeah it's a very practical way of you know approaching stress or I mean dealing with stress mm-hmm. yeah and if we speak about more like practical things maybe that um, more that are easier to use sometimes music helps me well maybe it sounds banal but it really does I can just Listen to music and maybe dance to it and it helps me to relieve the amount of stress. It's interesting that you have said that because I was about to say the same thing <laughs> about music because really I love music. I just listen to happy songs and uh, it, you know, it keeps all the blues away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I would say um, that the important thing is to do what, you know, what you like, if right. you have some passion. And I remember just a couple of days ago, I was listening to uh, a podcast of a doctor who's a psychologist. And he said that he had a case. So he had a patient who came to him and said, I I don't feel happy. I just feel so stressed all the time. And I don't have any joy in life. And the doctor asked him, do you 
do you have any hobbies? He's like, no, I don't have time for this. So do you have anything you enjoy? What do you do after work? He said, well, you know, I have kids. I need to take them to practice. Then I have my job. I have my wife. So I need to do this. I need to do house chores. And the doctor asked him, what did you used to enjoy when you were a child? He said, you know, I had those train models that I really liked. And he asked, so do you have those train models now at home? He said, well, you know, somewhere in the attic. So the doctor said, go take out those train toys or the models, just spend some time with them. Probably not, you know, the uh, advice you would expect to hear when you pay several hundred for a session, but still. So, but the thing is that the doctor explained that very often it's what he called a passion deficiency. Mm. So when we don't have anything to, um, you know, to give us joy, we become more stressed. So in addition to the usual stress, we have even more because we do not have anything that brings us, you know, good emotions or yeah. positive emotions. Right. So like we need to find some time for ourselves mm-hmm. because uh, at the end of the day, I have I have me. That's what I have. And that's the most important person in your life. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we True. need to remember. Yes. Well, for some people, it can be sport. For me, well... Unfortunately, no, I'm not a big sports fan, but I know that some people use it as a tool Mm -hmm. to relieve stress. Whatever helps, whatever helps. Unless, um, well, I still think that, for example, drinking and smoking are not as good instruments in relieving stress because in the end that might, you know, lead to bigger problems. So I know that to a lot of people that's uh, like a correlation. If I feel stressed, I would like to drink a little bit. And I'm not, not that I'm judging. I am the same kind of person and I used to be, you know, um, just like that. But And the same uh, about uh, like overeating mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. eating lots of sweet things. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not really healthy, but it can relieve, uh, it can make you feel relieved for, for some moments, but then I feel maybe even worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and since we're talking not only about stress in general, but about, well, let's say difficulties of being a human in the 21st century yeah. in this fast-paced world, uh, we can't but talk about one more, you know, negative side of being, uh, of living in this fast-paced world, which is sleep deprivation. Oh my goodness. And let's be honest, let's be honest. Do you have solid 8-10 hours of sleep every day? 10? Oh my goodness, I wish I could have. <laughs> what about 8? What happened to well, this 8 mean, hours? <laughs> minimum. Well, that's why I said 8-10 mm-hmm. because to some people 8 is enough, but 8 is said to be, you know, um, a healthy, a healthy right. number. Then some people need 10 to feel uh, totally re-energized. So what about you? Do you have... Eight hours of sleep every day? No. What's your situation? (laughs) So what's your situation with sleep like? Uh, Well, you know, I uh, didn't used to have any um, insomnia problems uh, Mm -hmm. before I uh, got sick with this new modern disease, uh, fashionable Mm -hmm. disease that (laughs) everyone tends to have. Yeah, like trendy disease. And after this, I um, mm, noticed that I find it extremely difficult to get to sleep uh, Mm -hmm. until like three in the morning. It has been like for a month or more. Mm -hmm. That sounds like insomnia to me. I don't know. What it is think? insomnia. It yeah, is, right? it is. I mean, uh, so not that Masha, you know, denies it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I didn't used to have it like before. 
Ever. How do you how do you deal with that? I don't. I just wait. <laughs> uh, I just wait when it passes because I think it's something um, like inside the body, maybe hormonal thing, or I don't know how this mm. virus influenced my body. So mm. I just wait till it passes. So it, it's becoming better now. Yeah. Is it really becoming better or do you think it's becoming better or do you hope it's becoming better? It is becoming better be- okay. because I can get to sleep at, 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 at a more decent time, you know. Oh, wow. okay. What about you? Have you ever had in general any kind of sleep problems? I, I still have, you know, sleep problems at the moment because um, I only sleep for about four to five hours a day. But uh, it's interesting because um, despite that, whenever I go to my classes, I have more energy than my students. Oh, that's uh, because that's that's we something are trained. That <laughs> yes, I mean even the same thing actually. So whenever I feel sleepy or tired, once I'm in class, once I start teaching, I feel energized because we well we deal with people. Well, yeah, we have students who energize us, but. So four or five hours to sleep. So but, why do you think is that? Okay, uh, firstly, uh, let me make it clear that um, it's not always the case that whenever I go to my class, I'm energized. No, of course, there are also days when I just mm-hmm. feel really sleepy, drowsy because of lack of sleep. But um, I would say that for the most part, I I feel very energetic. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why whenever I hear students complain, say, for example, oh, I didn't sleep well last night. And then I ask them, how many hours of sleep did, did you have? And they would say, for example, six, seven or eight. What? You even slept more than me. <laughs> that is so unfair. And I have more energy than you. How how can that be? But 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 then again, we have different rhythms in mm-hmm. our body. So mm-hmm. for others, you know, even if they sleep for seven hours, still that's not mm-hmm. enough. But for me, five hours, at least five hours, um, that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Now, um, how do I deal with it? Um, I don't know, because at the moment, I just feel like it's already been a part of my system. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of used to it. And <clears throat> that's why there are no complaints on my part, except on days when maybe partly influenced by the weather, because mm-hmm. of course, we, you know, <laughs> when it's really cold outside, yes. it affects somehow, even though I'm used to this uh, routine yeah, mm-hmm. uh, of this sleep pattern. But um, there are other factors that you need to consider because um, it, it could only be just five hours. But if the weather's so bad, then it can still mm-hmm. make me feel down. So why why do you think you have this sleeping problem? What can be the reason? Um, oh yeah, so the reason. Maybe because of, um, you know, uh, I tend to sleep late. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And therefore, um, especially if I have a morning class, then of mm-hmm. course, my the, the number of hours is reduced. That's one. What else? Um, overthinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes you do have plans, not just for your class, but you know, in your personal life Mm -hmm. and you think, is it going to work? What should I do for my holiday or whatever? It's like you take it with you to bed and therefore it prevents you from sleeping uh, immediately. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, right. Interesting because I am, um, I have had sleeping problems and sometimes I still have sleeping problems, but uh, if it used to be something connected with my psychological state, now it's mostly uh, because I am a, I am dumb. Uh, I try not to swear this, you know, in the podcast. So uh, because <laughs> maybe I because know, you work a lot. Well, I actually know why I can't sleep because first I might drink, you know, coffee late in the evening and then blue screens. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I am tempted to, you know, to look at blue screens, to look at my phone, even when I go to bed. And then 
well, it keeps me awake. So I know that whenever I can't go to sleep, it's my problem. But if I know that I've been doing everything well, you know, no coffee in the evening, no blue screen one hour before sleep, and I still can't fall asleep, then there's one thing that has been saving me for the last two years, which is melatonin. Mm -hmm. So, but that's just my situation. You mean like pills? Yeah, well, it's technically it's not a medicine, but it's an additive, so a biological additive, because melatonin in general is the hormone of sleep that we have in our body. So yeah, two, three milligram, and it saves me, you know. So is it like a real effect or maybe a placebo effect? Well, the thing is that, well, I tend to believe, I prefer Uh to believe that it's a real effect. But the thing is that since melatonin is, you know, an additive and, um, you know, it works in such a way that when you take melatonin, you're not supposed to have, you know, to look at blue screen for half an hour. Mm -hmm. And it, of course, it doesn't, you know, make you fall asleep immediately. And what it does, it's not only help you fall asleep, but to feel, uh, well, to sleep better not to wake up you know at tiniest sounds Mm -hmm. the downside for me personally is that it's a little bit more difficult to get up in the morning you feel you know a little bit more sleepy than Mm -hmm. you usually do that's the downside but then again to feel sleepy in the morning or to lie awake until 3 (sighs) a.m yeah that's a question (laughs) everyone needs to decide for themselves so uh, i have a question guys uh do sometimes maybe take short naps uh in the middle of the day because I sometimes do. If I have when a chance I can, to. I totally do. I yeah, totally do. Me too. I mean, it can help. It can. it can. Although, you know, you never know in what state you're going to wake up, you know, whether, because <laughs> there are really, there are two ways. Either very energized or, you know, you wake up like, what year is it? Where am I? <laughs> yeah, it depends on maybe uh, uh, what time it is mm-hmm. and uh, how long you have been sleeping. Oh mm-hmm. my God. And speaking of which, because... um. Well, last year when um, we had this somewhat, I, I mean, when, when students were not allowed to go to schools, right? And mm-hmm. we had to do our classes online. Um, so uh, that time I had the opportunity to take some breaks, take a mm-hmm. nap. But then it's it's like um, like a rude awakening when I realized, oh my God, it's only five minutes before the class. Or when, for example, <gasps> it's exactly the time for my class. <gasps> and then I, I need to rush. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, the alarm clock does help. <laughs> well, yeah, but sometimes you miss it. I yeah, mean, of course. I mean, that it happens. So, and it happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. how, how many alarm clocks do you guys set? Two. Uh, two, yeah. But I, I hit snooze <laughs> 10 times. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep, yep. You know, that's different. <laughs> so, yeah, two alarm clocks, but hitting snooze 10 times, maybe. My goodness. Depends. So, wait, are you a person who sets only one alarm clock? Yes. I, do you people exist? Wow. <laughs> like so self-disciplined. Wow. Yeah, well, sometimes I miss it. That's why. I- <laughs> okay. Although, you know, I was so shocked, but I have an example of my mom who is an unbelievable person because she never sets an alarm clock. So she, when wow. she was working, she would wake up 6, 6.30 every single day and she has never overslept. Never. I was like, how are you doing this woman? And she said, I guess it's just my biological clock. So every single day, 6.30, she would wake up. Wow. Get ready, go to work. I envy her. I, I, you know, that would be Uh, too risky for me to do. I don't know if I envy or just feel amazed. (laughs) 
maybe <laughs> that's for her, yeah. maybe that's because she was working nine to five for like you know thirty something years of her mm. life. Maybe that. But then again, if I work nine to five, even for ten years of my life, five years, yeah. I. Seriously doubt I would be able to wake up at six or six thirty every single day without an alarm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So and um and why is sleep deprivation dangerous? So what can that lead to? It can lead to a lot of you know um, health problems, um, such as. Yeah, good question. <laughs> such I'm, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> so it can m- multiply the amount of stress you have. It oh can yeah, multiply yeah, of the course. amount of stress. Yes. I have, um, uh, again, I'm here to (laughs) tell you about the bad uh, effects. So first of all, um, there was a situation when um, an experiment, rather, when a person decided not to sleep at all. So what do you mean? Not not just at all. For how long? Well, that's what that was the point of the experiment. He wanted to see how long he would handle. Mm -hmm. In the end, he didn't sleep for 11 days. And oh, he survived? God. He did, but after, like, it was hard, but uh, it was controlled. It was controlled. Um, so he was keeping some kind of a, not a diary, but he was saying things because he was unable to, um, you know, when you touch an object with your hand, you understand what you're touching, right? Right. right. So a hard object, this is a cup that I'm touching, a pen. So on the second day without sleep, he wasn't able to do that anymore. So he was seeing that he touched something, but he didn't feel it. So it was difficult for him. He lost his concentration, absolutely inattentive. Mm -hmm. On the third day, he started hallucinating. So, and then it just went down the hill. But um, in general, well, that experiment happened in 1965. So, and that caused, among other things, to pay more attention, you know, on the research of sleep. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that if you are sleep deprived, and by that, uh, we would mean consistently getting less than six hours of sleep. Can be listening very carefully right now. Less than six hours of sleep consistently. So it can lead to hormonal imbalance Mm -hmm. because again, stress, cortisol, all that is connected. It can affect your learning ability, mood and reaction time, which Mm -hmm. is also understandable. You become less attentive. And then uh, it leads to high blood pressure. It can lead to obesity as well. Because again, it is all related to stress. Yeah, as we've if you don't prior. get enough sleep, you will get more food. <laughs> yeah, sleep more, eat less. <laughs> like balance, yeah. And then um, if you, again, consistently get less than six hours of sleep, that increases the risk of a stroke by four and a half times. Wow. <laughs> so... Yes. Thanks for giving me stress because of this information. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to no, be no, I'm helpful. I'm kidding. I know, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, and why is it important? Because during the day, um, so there is a certain amount of uh, waste product that, you know, accumulate in our brain. And uh, one of them is, let's say, adenosine or end melatonin, which, you know, as they build up, the more they build up, the sleepier we feel. Mm-hmm. So, and there are waste products in our brain. And then when we sleep, this glymphatic system actually washes the waste products away. So giving more energy to us when we wake up. And it's very difficult to do when we are, you know, awake. And that's what caffeine does, for example. Caffeine blocks uh, adenosine. So even as it builds up, we do not feel sleepy. So if we drink coffee all day long and then don't get sleep and then again drink a lot of coffee, that we we become zombies. 
Yeah. We do. We do. So, so but guys, uh, sorry, do yeah, I interrupt? Yeah. No, 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 I'm um, done. Well, uh, we all know about these famous people uh, like Napoleon or some others who didn't used to sleep a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's a myth. Do you think it's a myth? Maybe, that maybe, they, maybe like, that's why he's, he, you know, tried to invade Russia in the middle of winter. <laughs> you know, so there, might be, there might be a connection, you know, between these that two. That could be, well. <laughs> because, well, I, I know that some people just uh, don't want to spend uh, one third of their mm-hmm. life sleeping because they have so many things to do. I would, I have two comments about that. So first of all, uh, it's their right. So they are jeopardizing their health. So it's their choice. If they want to risk it, and we do not know what quality of life they have and how good their mm-hmm. health is. So this is the one point. The same with, you know, working 80 hours a week. We can do that if we want to. For some time. But is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Another question. And then the second comment I have is that there are always exceptions. You know, there are some kind of, uh, well, not anomalies maybe, but there are people who can actually get five hours of sleep and that's enough for them. They do not feel sleepy. They feel perfectly energized. So maybe for them, it's the norm. They just, you know, the exception to the rule. So I'm not going to die yet. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's your your normal routine. Yes, maybe that's your norm. So Uh, you get your five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep. If you feel perfectly Mm. energized, that's your norm. I, for example, for me, if I sleep for eight hours, that's enough. But I feel totally energized only after nine or ten hours, like mm-hmm. the perfect amount. Right. Yeah, I um, uh, I had a friend who was sleeping 14, 15, 16 hours a day sometimes and she was still not feeling energized. And it was something I could not understand. And in the end, it turned out that... Uh, she had a problem with uh, the nose. Mm-hmm. So she only got, you know, let's say 80% of oxygen when she was supposed to get 95, 96, mm-hmm. 97. So that's why she could never feel energized enough. So she spent most of her time in bed. So, yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> but sleep is important. It is. So whoever's listening, please try to get, you know, solid six, seven, eight hours of sleep and take care of yourself. Don't do what I do, okay? Yeah, don't. <laughs> Unless you feel perfectly okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Unless. All right. So, and um, while talking about, you know, mental uh, states and stress and whatnot, we can't but mention two most common mental disorders in the whole world, which are depression and anxiety. So, and um, I have a little bit of statistics. So it says that in in the US, for example, it's more than 40% of uh, adults uh, that are suffer, um, suffer with uh, or suffer from depression and struggle with mental illness. In Russia, it says that uh, every fifth citizen of Russia has some kind of struggles with mental uh, mental health. So, yeah, and I would like to ask you, have you ever had any kind of an experience with uh, depression? If so, what helped you personally to get through this? You are, feel free not to answer. (laughs) It's, you know, if you want to share, share. If you don't, don't. Well, um, Masha, uh, can I go ahead? Yeah, sure, of course. Uh, Okay. Um, 
as I've always said to my students, my life is a bit of an open book, and I always share um, my own personal experiences with them. Mm-hmm. And in my case, of course, I'm just human, and there are certain things that happen in my life which can make me really sad, and therefore I feel depressed. Mm-hmm. One uh, specific instance was back in 2013. That was the first time for me to work abroad in Kazakhstan uh, specifically. And uh, things were not going well as I imagined them to be mm-hmm. um, in terms of work, in terms of love life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so many other things. And mind you, that time I was so depressed that I came to a point that I was sitting by the window. By the way, um, I lived on the third floor. Mm-hmm. And you can just imagine what was mm-hmm. going on in my head. I tried to open the window, look down, and I said, what are the chances of me you know, dying the moment I jump out of the mm-hmm. window. It's like, uh, am I going to die just with the th- uh, just with three floors? Yeah. So, <laughs> but then again, it, it was a bit of a comedy because even though I was feeling sad that time, I was also thinking, what if I die? It's going to be, you know, like big news in the Philippines and Kazakhstan because in the headlines, it will go like this, like Filipino English teacher committed suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I want to be known and remember um, yeah. exactly that way. So I thought to myself, are you sure you really want to do mm-hmm. this? And then I was also thinking, what if I survive? Then I will become an invalid. I will be sitting on a wheelchair and people are going to ask me, hey, what happened to you? And then I look up to them and tell them, well, I attempted to commit suicide, but unfortunately it didn't work for so, me. So yeah, neither of the scenarios <laughs> were, you know... Pleasant. Yeah, I know. And that's why I, I, I don't want to take light of this topic mm-hmm. because I know it's something serious. And I'm sure that other people, maybe they don't even want to admit it to themselves mm-hmm. that they, at, you know, uh, at some point in their lives, they thought about, you know, mm-hmm. committing suicide. But I'm just sharing my experience because I want people to know that um, as a regular human being, mm-hmm. Um, I did struggle with that. But then again, I'm thankful because my rational mind mm-hmm. told me that, you know, it's not going to do me any good. And I don't want to be remembered for that. It's like, I'm going back to the Philippines. Well, my body, <laughs> my remains. That That's something that I don't want to happen. So, you know what? Um, after contemplating for hours and hours mm-hmm. by the window, I told myself, oh, come on, forget it. Just get yourselves uh, uh, a cup of tea and um, just go to bed. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's what I did. And the next day I thought, oh my God, thank God I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't do yeah. it. Otherwise, so you, you oh my woke goodness. up with a fresher, yeah. Exactly. Fresher in the morning, things don't seem so Do you think so that was, gloomy. do you think that was caused by some kind of a culture shock that you had? I would say that's um, one of the contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, <laughs> we go back to expectation versus reality. Mm-hmm. Because remember, mm-hmm. that was my first time to work abroad and I had my, you know, um, ideals in mind that it would God, be perfect. I... It's going to be like this and like mm-hmm. that. But then reality hits you and then you yes. realize, oh, okay, we're back to earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can relate to so much that you have just said because I, uh, my uh, diagnosed depression actually happened as a result of a culture shock in the US. So yeah, I can understand everything you're saying right now. Yeah. So and um, actually, what if we um, 
quickly say what can be the symptoms of depression. Just so you know, if you feel any of those, uh, just go seek help. This is what I always say to anyone. Any sign of you feeling out of normal, go seek help that can save you. So the World Health Organization says that um, the most common symptoms of depression would be sadness, loss of interest or pleasure in general, feelings of guilt or low self-worth, disturbed sleep, appetite, and in general feeling of, you know, fatigue, poor concentration that last for a week and longer. So, of course, because we all have, you know, days when we feel fatigued, when we right. feel sad. But if it lasts, so, yeah, it's very important to share and very important to go seek help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope not- that helps to all of our listeners and I hope they keep that in mind. Yeah, I told you, listeners, this is not an easy topic that we're talking about today, but in- an important one, nevertheless. Right. So... Well, I guess that in Russia, people are not used to getting help. That's what we need to change, definitely. (laughs) So, but I like to see that more and more people try to, you know, reach out. And, you know, there's one thing that people do not usually say about, maybe that's not that widely known or something, but not many, many people know and not many people say that when you are depressed, you do not remember what has happened to you. So you have to have some kind of a um, partial memory loss, should mm-hmm. we say. So, and you do not tend to remember what you did on a certain day. You don't remember how you felt. So, and this is one of the regrets I have in my life because at some point in the past, I took a, an amazing three-week trip around the West Coast of the US. I don't remember half of that. Like, I remember going. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I saw. I don't remember what I did on on almost half of the time because I was feeling so bad and I hadn't reached out for help at that moment. So, yeah, don't be dumb like me. Again, (laughs) reach out and get help if you feel depressed. And the second one, the second also um, very common uh, state that a lot of people suffer from is anxiety. So what do you know about anxiety? So what what can you say are the symptoms of it? Worrying too much. I think that's the first thing that yes. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Overthinking. Exactly. <clears throat> Overthinking. So, you know, uh, I wasn't diagnosed with depression. Like, I, I haven't been. I, I don't think that I have it. Uh, but I uh, have this uh, generalized anxiety syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I know it for sure. And I was diagnosed with this and... So it's like you tend to overthink and you tend to focus on something that is irrelevant, maybe. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, and the main thing here is uh, to let it be, like to value mm-hmm. uh, everything that you have. And uh, so, yeah, um, just be yourself, let yourself think if you need and um, don't um, think that you are... Uh, in their own because Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. these feelings. So basically you're telling us also that's your way of coping with it. Like how to deal with it, right? Yeah. Mm, Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. So and do you have any other techniques maybe or something that works for you when you have anxiety attacks? Because it's different for every person, of course. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, recently, for example, uh, like a couple of years ago in class, uh, some of my students uh, told me that they... uh, use meditation to mm-hmm. help them. Uh, I have never tried it. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it seems something very difficult. And 
I'm a little bit afraid of it. I don't know. I have, I actually have an opinion on meditation that uh, some people might not agree with. And again, remember the disclaimer, this is my subjective opinion, which you can agree or disagree on. It doesn't make it wrong or right. But I believe that uh, meditation is not the best tool for anxiety for one reason. So meditation for anxiety, it's like ibuprofen for a headache, for a, let's say a migraine or something like that, or a stomachache that is consistent. So what you do with it, you get rid of the symptoms, but you do not, you know, help with the reason, the deeper mm -hmm. reason with that. Mm -hmm. So which makes it a good tool if you want to get through the day, for example, or mm -hmm. if it hits you in the middle of the road, let's say, or when you're doing something, that can be a good tool. But then it's always better to work with the reason or with something like deep. the core of it. Or yeah. at least, you know, um, it can have some effect if it's long-term effects. So if mm -hmm. you do it consistently, regularly for a long time, then it can have some kind of a lasting effect, you know, that accumulates. But other than that, again, this is my personal opinion. Right. So if this ibuprofen meditation is what you need. Well, I just think it. that it's something that maybe should be done in a proper way because mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I could do it myself uh, like by watching some YouTube video. So, But what I can do is I can think it over, think mm -hmm. my problems over mm -hmm. and rationalize them and like to I can let myself feel what I feel. I mm -hmm. can let me be me. And uh, I uh, am now trying to accept myself and I try not to be guilty of who I am, like what type of person I am and what I feel. That's mm -hmm. what helps. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> so, and um, the last uh, thing that I would like to talk about is something that all professionals among all professions have faced or, well, might have faced, might have thought about is a burnout. So, what is it? You know, I guess at some point in our lives, especially for our listeners who have had any kind of work, especially for long, uh, for a long time, I think it's something that is unavoidable, especially if you are, let's say, overworked mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. you feel like you're no longer appreciated and you feel like you can no longer do any kind of improvement in your job mm -hmm. or um if you let's say for example you work for long hours yeah because mm -hmm. it comes from the idea of being tired or you're sick and tired of doing the same thing no changes and that you don't even have time for yourself mm -hmm. so you will really get burnt out so we can say that then uh the symptoms would be unwillingness to work maybe fatigue as well getting no joy Exactly. What you're when doing. you start hating your work, yeah. That's, I think it's like a red flag. You have a thought like, I hate it. I don't want to do that. That's a red flag that you're on your way on a, uh, to a burnout. Especially yeah. when you feel like you're dragging yourself to work. It's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, another day, another struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so, and how can uh, people avoid, uh, prevent, avoid, or if that has happened, go through this, go through a burnout? Well, sometimes, uh, uh, sorry, uh, can I go ahead? Sometimes a better option is just to change your job because mm -hmm. now uh, I have something particular in my mind. I have a friend uh, who has been working uh, 
Uh, at a job that she doesn't like for mm-hmm. several years already, but she doesn't she doesn't have this maybe courage or to change it, mm-hmm. and uh, her like relatives, her family uh, does not support her in her decision to leave, and she struggles mm-hmm. like. She has been struggling all the time. Uh, sometimes, maybe for two weeks, she feels better. Then again, she mm-hmm. has this, mm, you know, this struggle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am afraid that it can lead to real depression. I mean, clinical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I, I agree with that. Um And then uh, for those who cannot afford to leave their job, <laughs> especially if, you know, in times of crises and, mm-hmm. you know, it's difficult to find a- another job. I think you just have to sometimes take some time off work if you could yes. afford, if you're allowed mm-hmm. to do so. Because, for example, in my case, um, I was really burnt out when I was in Kazakhstan because mm-hmm. uh, there was a time for straight two years from 2015 when I came back to work. Uh, from 2015 to 2017, two years without mm. uh, long-term holidays. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worked for two years without any holidays. And of course, naturally, I felt that I was burnt out. And so I thought to myself, maybe I need a holiday. But then again, it was a little too late because I was just too sick and tired of my job mm-hmm. that I had to quit, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, I would yeah. say that uh, having proper rest is a good way, you know, to deal with burnout. But when we say rest, it means no checking, not doing anything connected with work. Just, you know, doing something that gives you joy and pleasure, nothing related. And um, if we want to avoid and prevent burnout in the first place, I think it would be uh, good if we got regular breaks. I right, mean, you know... Right. If you have days off in the weekend, do not do work in the weekend. Yeah. So do not, you know, be tempted to check your emails at night before going to sleep. And don't be tempted to put too much into your to-do list because you think, oh, I need, I need to do this and this and this and this and this. And you have higher expectations. Then, of course, you feel, you know, disappointed in yourself when you don't do all of, you know, what you have planned. So in that just, you know, builds up and can lead to that. So just take care of yourself. You only have you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good routine can help. It mm-hmm. sounds maybe that it's suitable more for children, but adults also need routines. I mean, healthy routines. For example, I remember one advice uh, that I heard from a psychologist when I worked um, at a secondary school. Uh, he said that, like, try not to bring work Mm, home. Uh-huh. Oh, But, yeah. Well, now it's becoming more and more difficult because we oh, work God, from yeah. home. I mean, yeah. nowadays. It's... So uh, at least we need to maybe uh, like to isolate our workplace from mm-hmm. our private place. But yeah, it's getting so difficult Again, to do. So when you work, so you should be dressed uh, mm-hmm. as you are dressed when you work in the office, for example. Mm-hmm. Don't maybe work in your pajamas <laughs> because yeah, you're just, yeah. you're just mixing it, it up because yeah in this case the you know uh, the boundary between work and life it just gets blurred so right. you you do not longer you know differentiate where is work and yeah. where is your life and it also comes with the responsibility on your part to mm-hmm. be able to manage your time well mm-hmm. and to make sure that you don't overcrowd your Uh, to-do list because sometimes mm-hmm. you know some people are perfectionists they want mm-hmm. to do things all at one time yeah 
So and everything should be done perfectly at the same <laughs> exactly. time. Exactly. So you're just creating a lot of well stress to yourself. Yeah. And you can get burnt out as an effect. Mm-hmm. All right. So dear listeners, take care of yourself. You only have you, so yeah. you should care and appreciate yourself and try to be at peace with yourself love yourself love yourself amen <laughs> amen so all right well that was the big apple school podcast and today we discussed difficulties psychological difficulties of living in the 21st century we talked about stress how we de-stress and the you know negative consequences of stress we talked about sleep deprivation uh we talked about briefly talked about depression anxiety and our experiences with that so yeah thank you for listening and remember if you struggle to understand any part of our conversation please go to our website which is bigappleschool.com slash podcast you can find full scripts of each episode there so and you can read and listen amazing also if you want to get more content which will help you learn english Follow us on the social media, such as Instagram, VK, YouTube, basically everywhere. Just search our name, which is, again, Big Apple School. So that was Katya, and my guests for today were... Ken. And... And Maria. Stay tuned, and we'll see you around. <laughs>